Hello and welcome back to the Off the Dome podcast, everybody. I hope you guys are all having another wonderful, blessed day today. Um, first things first, we just gotta just say this right now. Damn, did Miami just get punched? They got hit with a Mike Tyson right hook like nobody's ever seen. I mean, that was historically fucking bad. It was hard for me to watch. There was times I was literally. I would have to mute the TV and just like pretend, close my eyes and just pretend it wasn't happening. I mean, it, it was just as fucking bad. They they got embarrassed. Um, it, you can't even say they stumbled out of the gate and couldn't recover because that is a understatement. They literally got knocked off their fucking block and just showed no signs of even wanting to come back. Um, well, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna start with that. Uh, we're gonna talk about game four tonight uh, between Mavs and Warriors. I, I don't see much hope for Mavs, but we'll dive into that one. Um, then we're gonna talk about uh, today. I'm gonna give you my AFC North predictions going into the season. Uh, last time I gave you my NFC North. Um, predictions, so we're going to stick with that trend. We're going to do the NFC North, the AFC North. Not decided yet. Maybe by the end of this episode, it'll come to me what, what we end up doing uh, next. Do we go south, east, or west? Uh, we'll we'll, we'll kind of mull on it and think about it. Um, and then we'll kind of just conclude. I got some, I found some stories that I didn't read too much into. We're kinda, we'll kind of go into that together. Um, I'll keep my thoughts. Um, so yeah, let's start in in the East. Miami, Boston, Game Four. Uh, Boston tied it two two pretty easily, um, one hundred two to eighty two. Miami never really stood a fucking chance. They started off, I believe it was sixteen to one. Boston went on the run there. Um, the first quarter was twenty nine to eleven. So they just they just never stood a chance at all. Um, if you go back and look, it just they just. They were flat, Miami was. Uh, they couldn't buy a fucking bucket to save their life. And and Boston, credit to them, it was their defense, really. They they, they must have sat down and and uh, really went over the defensive game plan and strategy because they're, they're the number one team, defense efficiency team in the league. Uh, Boston was one, Miami was two in defense, right? So it, it, you got to expect something like that to happen at some point. I mean... But <clears throat> truthfully, Boston put it all together last night. It was an all-together showcasing of defensive greatness. They weren't even that great shooting on offense, to be honest. But they didn't need to be because their defense carried them so fucking well that it just they didn't even need to be good at shooting. Because if you look, they shot 23% from threes. This is Boston now. They shot 23%, 8 for 34 from the threes. Uh... 39% from the field, not not spectacular by any means, um, but they did, they did get a lot of free throws. I, th- I thought last night the officiating was a little ticky-tacky for me. Uh, it, it didn't seem consistent with how they, they had been they'd been allowing these guys to play. Um, they, they get to the line 38 times. It just seems excessive, and granted now, Miami did seem... Uh, they seemed uh, frustrated. They seemed very frustrated how they came out of the gate. They just didn't play well, and then it just seemed like it was put, the the calls were pouring on. And early on, they just they just kind of were like fuck. We're in a spot we can't get out of now, and then they just kind of collapsed. And you've seen it. Um, 
and, and J- Jimmy, their, their their leader, Jimmy Butler, just was not. Yeah, he was so off. I mean, it was he was three for fourteen shootings, over two from threes. And Miami did a really great job, honestly, f- shooting the threes. They were thirty eight percent. So it wasn't so much the threes. If you if you go back and look, they were thirty for ninety. From the field, man. That is 33%. That's fucking terrible. Flat out, you can't put it any better. I mean, this is garbage. Uh, it was. But again, credit to Boston. They are a defensive stopping team. They played hell of good defense. I mean, the blocks were fucking... They were not letting anything in the paint. They were like, yeah, you're going to have to shoot threes because he ain't coming down here, man. I mean, Al Horford alone had four blocks. He was a man on a fucking mission last time. I mean, he, he wasn't putting in offense. He's just He was just grinding out the defense and rebounds. Another one, too, rebounds. Huge. The offensive rebounds were, I mean, it's just, Miami just did not seem to be, you'd have thought they were fucking partying last night, the night before. I mean, they came out and just were just, ugh. If all around, the rebounding was atrocious. And I think that's, I, I noticed last night, for the first time, really, that really showcased something for me with Boston, where they have the advantage. And a huge, huge advantage is the size, the rebounding. When they have Robert Williams and Grant Williams on the floor, they have there is nobody that can guard. I mean, they're just really they can. The sky's the limit with rebounding. I, I mean, seriously. I mean, the the rebound total it was sixty to thirty nine in favor of Boston. So you put together a great defense uh, of showcase, and then the rebounding. I mean, fourteen offensive rebounds. So I mean, they weren't shooting good, but they're also getting rebounds and second chance points. There was one possession where they attempted like three or four putbacks before they actually got a bucket. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. It truly was. It was it was kind of it was just hard to watch. And Tatum goes one for seven from threes. Brown goes one for six from threes. Derek White goes one for eight from threes. Brown was set five for 20 from the field. I mean, they just, Boston wasn't that good. It was a game Miami could have taken easily. They easily could have taken that game and been up 3-1. But they were just so flat. And 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 their starters, I mean, for a while, nobody on the starting five was scoring. It was the Victor Oladipo show. He, he proved himself last night. Now, I kind of said uh, yesterday it was mm, it was a little eh, there wasn't much. But what he did last night, if he can if he can do that some more, that'll be huge. Um, especially with Tyler Hero being out that last game, I thought that was big. I thought okay, Old Depot's gonna provide the spark. He's gonna be the Tyler Hero. Well, when no one else is is fucking playing, you can't have you can't be the spark guy and then no one else is doing anything. You know what I mean? That, that just doesn't work. Uh, Jimmy didn't didn't play very well, and nobody else stepped up. And Bam resorted back to his old ways, taking five shots. I, I don't I don't get it. I really don't. I don't know what the the game plan is for Miami or what they're telling Bam. Like they're just like, yeah, make sure you pass. If you notice, he gets down the court and he's instantly looking to facilitate. He he gets up to the top of the key and he's like handing the ball off. All right, I'm gonna set a screen. Uh, you know what I mean? He he's not he's not being aggressive. Last in game three, when he he put on a, a showcase and, and and got Miami the win, he was aggressive. He was taking shots. He thirty one points. I mean, he was he was 
taken over. He was he has the ability to take over the game, and I don't know if it's a confidence issue or if it's just strictly the game plan where they're like Spolster's. I, I and I doubt it. I doubt it. Spolster's like, yeah, make sure you're not shooting at all. Make sure you only get about five shots the whole fucking game. I, I highly doubt Eric Spolster's telling him that. I'm sure it's like, hey, you need to be assertive. You need to be aggressive. You need to attack. I mean, the motherfucker will will literally drive the ball up the court. Like he will run the point. So you could be that assertive to play point guard as a center, but you have no capability of wanting to shoot the ball, and you're you're a star. This is why you can't be a superstar. That's the difference between stars and superstars in this league. A superstar is willing to take over a game at any moment, and it's consistent. He doesn't do it consistently, and it's not like he's missing shots and he just goes on these bad streaks. No, he was three for five. And in the last game, he was, what, three for six. It's He's not a bad offensive talent. You know what I mean? I just I don't understand it. It's mind-boggling. Kyle Lowry should not be shooting more than Bam Adebayo. He had more shots. I mean, he Kyle Lowry took six shots. He's one for six. The starters, three points, nine points, and six points. Plus zero and zero. So you have three, six, nine, zero, zero from your starters. Yeah, that ain't gonna fucking cut it. Jimmy's shooting fourteen. I mean, just nobody's shooting. You know, you you can't be afraid to take shots in this league because you see it time and time again when guys overthink things, they get in their heads, they start missing. They're like, ah, oh, I just need to. At some point in the game, it will dictate. Okay, maybe I need to be more of a facilitator. But you can't come out the gate and be like, oh fuck, I just can't shoot. Or I'm three for five. I'm no longer gonna shoot anymore. Uh, that is not gonna fucking cut it. This this is what is is concerning to me as a Miami Heat fan. What what are they doing? You know you can't rely on PJ Tucker to to be a consistent scorer. What he provides you is what he provides you, and he's great at what he does. He's a spark. He's a defensive guy. He can score. Don't get me wrong. It's not that he's not a scorer. He's he can be, but you're not. He's not the guy you're gonna rely on day in and day out. Um, Duncan. The good thing is a Duncan Robinson. I did like that. He was in, and he went four for eight from the threes. He had fourteen points. So hopefully, I think he is a bigger piece. That he then he they need to get him going back in the lineup. And I I know, uh, Spolster loves Gabe Vincent. I do too. Caleb Martin's good. Uh, Struess. All these guys. I know it's hard to find minutes, but right now I think I would swip. I would swap Struess and Ren Robinson. And I know the big concern is Robinson's not a defensive guy and they need defense. Yeah, I understand that. But if he can be making threes like he's doing, like he just proved, I think he needs some minutes. Uh, I like Old Depot. I don't know how consistent he's going to be with that. You know, game, and, you know, game to game, what can he provide? Um, 23 is huge, but when no one else is doing anything, it doesn't fucking matter because he's not going to win you the game anymore. He's not that kind of guy coming off those injuries. So I just think there's a lot of... of, of of things that the Miami Heat can take care of, and I expect Spolstra to, to figure it out because of the, the kind of the coach he is. But on the other side, uh, Boston is t- is proving that that they're 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 willing to give this series up. Truthfully, they really are. Uh, between their turnovers, they were having problems with game to game. Um, the shooting in the, in that game was not not great. That they they anchored down on that defense. And they're only going to get better if, Smart, if Marcus Smart comes back. Um, you know, that they, they did this without Marcus Smart, so that's kind of... And, I, and I, I'm a big Marcus Smart fan. I, I think he's great. What he provides you is, is awesome. 
Uh, sometimes he can be a little much, uh, he, he, but he provides something that you can't deny, especially being the defensive player of the year, point blank period. So uh, I, both these teams are just, uh, they're taking turns giving away the game. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't see this anything here that, that showed me that Boston it was just such a superior team. I think defensively they're amazing. And when they lock in on defense and they, they can shut you down. They can truly shut you down. But so can Miami. They just do it in different ways. Um, and, and shooting for Miami is what, the, what can determine how well they go. And it, it was brutal last night for them. Uh, but again, but the, you can... Boston shot 23% from three. 39 from the field. I mean, the, the game was up for grabs. They did get 32. I mean, single-handedly, they got 32 points from the free throw line. That's fucking nuts to me. Uh, Tatum had 14 from the free throw line. It's not like he shot well. It's not like he was having one of his crazy, you know, games where he just can't miss. No, he didn't. He had 30. He finished with 31 and 14 from the free throw line. So, this series is... is is really to both teams just throwing haymakers at each other. You see these wild sporadic runs, uh, big up and down. It, it, you know, it sucks that these games aren't as close as they should be. I mean, I wish they were a lot closer. It's, it's you know, I, want, I just want a close, good game. But it's been a great series. Don't get me wrong. It's just they're, I mean, they're just taking turns throwing haymakers, and it's like one team has to take a game off to recover from the, the blow they had, and then it allows the other team to come back, and then. The other team does the same thing, so it's it's this back, weird back and forth thing going on, and right now it's it's a best of three. Miami has the home court advantage, so that you got to think they're the ones that technically they're the ones that can do it. But really, home court hasn't seemed to matter because they both both teams have taken one from uh, each other's home home court. So I, I don't really buy into that too much. Um, so this one's going to be interesting. I, I don't know how how Miami responds is going to be is going to be huge. I think uh, the winner of this 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 game is going to be telling. So I I don't know how they bounce back. I think there's a lot of changes Miami needs to do. <clears throat> if Bam Adebayo does not get aggressive and remain aggressive, I don't think Miami wins this series. Uh, they go as far as Bam goes because you're not going to sit here and run Jimmy Butler into the ground like they did in the bubble. And he, Jimmy got him to the, the finals, and his he just couldn't do it no more. He ran out of gas going against that team, against that, that Lakers team that was just what we thought they were going to be uh, this year, which everyone hyped them up to be, and then they weren't. But that's besides the point. Bam has to be the key. He has to be the guy that dominates. And it just opens up so much for them if he can just go down low and then they have to respect him, but... You see, when they don't have to respect him, that allows the Boston Bigs to do what they did, control the paint, and and dominate the way they did defensively. That's where they strive, and that's where they, they lean on. So you got to take it to them. you got to get them into foul trouble. And you're not, you can't rely on on getting calls. But what I mean by that is you have to, you have to really take it to them. Boston's not a team, is a team that if, if you don't fight back, they'll just keep beating the dog shit out of you. Point blank, period. And they proved it last night. So they're not a team that's going to be like, uh, they're, they're going to shy away and, and take the foot off the gas. No, that's that's not their MO. Neither is Miami. So, and I think both teams now realize that. So these next three games, potentially, 
three games is going to be huge. So we're going to find out what happens there. <clears throat> okay, moving on to the West. Um, what 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 can you say other than uh, the Mavs just are finding ways to beat themselves pretty easily, and right now they don't have enough pieces. I don't think they have the correct pieces. I talked about this last time. They just don't. I don't think they have the correct pieces. They're not a team that's built to even come back from a 3-0 series at, at all. Uh, I don't think they win a game. Truthfully, I don't think they win tonight. I think they they come out fl- flat and it's it's a little stagnant. And the Golden State just takes it to them because they're a championship team. They know what it's like. They know just because they're up 3-0, they're not gonna they're not gonna stop. They're not gonna just take a, a night off like they did. I mean, they they I think they've learned their lesson. What they did with uh, the last series and the Grizzlies, they took a night off and then they got smashed and embarrassed without a without John Morant. So I don't I don't think uh, Kerr allows them to do that again. Uh, but you know when you do it once, they're not gonna they're not gonna do it twice. So it's hard it's hard to see. You know you wish for a better series. You want a more competitive series, definitely. Um, I think Luca just needs us. He needs a second fiddle, and then the Mavs are, are trying to find that. And does Brunson fit with him? Does that play style work? I think I think he's going to get signed somewhere if he does. If the Mavs don't keep him, somebody's going to sign him because of the way he played in, in these playoffs. And he's young, and and he's got room to grow for sure. So uh, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie has been solid. Um, he's stepped up. It took him a while in in the playoffs, but he's finally kind of proving himself, but other than those three guys, it's nobody else, it's literally nobody else, Maxi Kleba, Bertans, they've all shrunk and disappeared, um, Bullock has he's, has his moments, but he's too wishy-washy um, offensively, I like what he does defensively, but offensively, he's just, sometimes he has his games where he put chips in, and it's just, it's not consistent enough, they need some consistent pieces. I think they don't. They don't have a big, which in this series isn't hurting him too bad. I mean, other than Looney, uh, Looney has these. Kevon Looney has these moments where he starts going off, and and that's where the, they get hurt. They don't have a. They don't have a consistent big. They have. Uh, is it Powell? I believe. You know, he's he's solid, but he. They're just they're just they're not. They don't have the right pieces. I think they they somehow snuck past Phoenix. I don't know how they did it. <clears throat> truthfully looking back I, I don't understand how they even managed to pull that off but uh it's obviously not going to happen here you know that they, they got away with it once i don't they're not going to get away with it again um it, it's just there's just there's just not much to say on this series other than other than the fact that they didn't play defense they're not playing great defense at all uh, and their offense is just uh, uh, Whatever. I mean, it's it's streaky. It's too streaky to do anything. So, I, I, it's it's just scary for them. I think if they get a couple more pieces next year, they have an opportunity to get to the back here easily. Easily, they can get back here. The way the way Luca plays, man, it doesn't. You don't need much with that guy. They just don't have the right pieces in Dallas. I think I think they're trying to figure it out. You know, with Porzingis, they're like, okay, this will work. It didn't. They ship him off. They bring in Dinwiddie, and it appears like it it, it could work. But we I don't know if we've seen the full potential with Dinwiddie. You know, he came off that injury. 
uh, is coming back and working himself back in, and he he was really non-existent for the first part of the playoffs, and then now he's kind of finding his way, but it's almost too little too late. Brunson, I think they got more than what they even ever thought they were going to get out of him, so I think that's that's something there. They If they keep him or not, uh, I think it, they would be wise to, but you never know what's going to unfold. Who can they lure in You know, with Luka? I think they have a better chance of getting some good players. Hey, you want to come play with Luka? Look what we did. I think they're building a resume right now for future guys to come in, and they can work in the right pieces, and it doesn't have to be big names. There's just... They can get these some of these guys. They I think they really could benefit from another big, and it could be interesting here. Uh, maybe a story that we're going to get to. I pulled up about a possible big that could be coming up. Uh, they could find a new home, and maybe they the Mavs could be interested in. Uh, I, I just think they they they, got, they need some pieces. So I think tonight they don't stand a chance, <clears throat> and it's a shame. And it's the Western Conference Finals. You expect both teams that here. You don't expect a sweep in the Western Conference Finals, right? You don't expect anything like this in the Western Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Finals, for that matter. Um, it's just, it's just a shame, you know, for a better series. But what are you gonna do? I, Dallas had a chance. I, I truthfully think they should be up in this series, but here we are, and they're down 3-0. Uh, they gotta figure it out defensively. Maybe maybe go out and maybe go out and find some defensive just pure defensive stopper guys. Uh, I mean they need a they need a uh, an Andrew Wiggins the way he's been providing the, you know defense for Golden State. They they need a guy somebody uh, they need a potential defensive player of the year like Marcus Smart. Maybe not a guard, but you know they need something. They gotta have something. I, they need a rim protector for sure, a consistent one. Bertans ain't it. Maxi Kleba ain't it. Uh, Powell. Ugh. Maybe. maybe. Maybe he needs some development. He needs to be consistent. I, I don't know. But I don't know what the Mavs are doing. I, I, they just need to find their pieces. Uh, moving on out of the NBA. So, NFL. Here we go. I got the AFC North. My division rankings of what I think how this division is going to unfold. We're going to start by looking at last year standings. Obviously, we know about the Bengals on top, Super Bowl. No one expected it. The, the big big underdog, Cool Joe, takes them to the Super Bowl, and then they lose. They couldn't uh, seal the deal. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, they finished second at 9-7-1. Uh, Ben's last season. Uh, Cleveland and Baltimore finishing 8-9. And what was interesting about this is... Baltimore looked like they had a chance, and uh, you know, they had the Lamar Jackson injury, and they just kind of—they really tanked. I, okay, no, tank's not the word. They didn't tank, but they—because I'm not—I don't want to say they purposely lost. They were trying to win. Obviously, they had a shot at getting into the playoffs. I thought they were going to make the playoffs, and they had a stretch at the end. They lost six in a row to end the season. They—they they were eight and three. And they lost six in a row to end the season. So that, that kind of tells you um, how they finished. I mean, they they ended up being dead last in the division. Well, tied for last with, with Cleveland. But uh, So I'm, I'm going to go through and I'll tell you what I expect and, and my predictions. And what's interesting about the AFC North is there's a lot of unknowns. One unknown is what we just talked about and the Baltimore Ravens. 
in Lamar Jackson. Is he going to stay healthy? And, you know, he doesn't have a contract extension, but they're saying they're not too worried about it. Uh, they'll, he'll get to it when he gets to it. And, uh, and Harbaugh is, is – they seem like they're okay with what, what's going on. They're not too worried about it. Either they're really good at covering this thing up or I, I think they have – they're on good terms. I think they'll figure it out. They'll, they'll get a deal done when needed. Um, I, and I don't think it's something that looms over – Lamar's head, and he's that's all he's thinking about. I, I don't think he's too worried about it. I think he'll get there when he gets there, and so that, that's one aspect of it. You got another thing in the the Steelers, which reports just came out. Um, not even really confirmed reports. But we'll, we'll we'll dive into it. But you got the Steelers. Who's going to be their quarterback? And we've kind of got an update on on that situation. You know, they they bring in Mitch Trubisky. They draft Kenny Pickett. He's supposed to be the, the you know maybe that's the new Big Ben replacement. Um, so we're going to see the, the question marks there. I mean, how do you how do you determine where they're going to go? Because we don't know what Kenny Pickett's going to be in the NFL. Last time we seen Mitch Trubisky, he was meh with the Bears, but how much do you blame on Chicago and their inability to develop even a, a fucking third-string quarterback, let alone anybody that can throw a football? Um, so, I mean, in, in their coaching situation, you know, so it, it falls on what you, you don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, Cincinnati seems like they're a heavy, heavy favorite, obviously, because of how they played last year. and They seem to only get better other than a few pieces they missed out on. Um, and then you got Cleveland, who's just a, a literal shitstorm, a walking shitstorm of whatever the fuck they're doing. God knows what the hell they're trying to do. they got a quarterback who is just it's, it's not going to play, but they're not getting rid of him. They're like, they refuse to move on from him, and, and we'll get into that because I think that's the most fucking Cleveland thing Cleveland could possibly do. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are, they are who we thought they were. Then <laughs> the wise words of, of Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were with the fucking Cleveland Browns, I tell you. So let, let's get into it. I'm going to start you off with my, my number four coming in. I, I, I got a team coming in last in the division is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I went back. I, I, what scares me with the Steelers is I just don't know the quarterback situation. It's the most important situation. It's the most important position in the NFL, <clears throat> at least of how it's viewed. You only go so as far. You only go as far as your quarterback play. Um, and what's interesting coming in, you know, going in the offseason, a lot of people thought, okay, this is Mason Rudolph's chance. He's been there so long. You know, he's taken a beating over the head. Um, from from Miles Garrett. Uh, so he's gone through this journey. He's been there forever, backing up, and, and you know, like everyone thought, okay, Mason Rudolph is going to be the guy. Well, clearly that was the so far from the fucking truth. It's not even possible. Not only did they bring in a quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, uh, from free agency, they also drafted a quarterback. So if that's a vote of confidence, uh, then I don't know what the fuck's going on because. <laughs> they literally brought in. They brought in a quarterback from both ways you can in the offseason. They're like, yeah, we'll sign that guy, and we're also going to draft that guy. So uh, now Mason Rudolph goes down to the third string, and he was going into the offseason. He was going to be maybe this will be his chance. So that that scares me. Uh, we don't know what Mitch Trubisky is. Good things came out of Buffalo when he was backing up Josh Allen. Uh, they really talked huge about him, and 
And I, it, it with Trubisky, I, I just I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know with him what to what to think. Is is it he's not consistent? He's just really not that good, or is it? The Chicago Bears are uh, the dumpster fire of the NFC North. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. So um, it's hard. It's hard to say with with that situation. So that's 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 a big piece that got me to go at four. Even though Cleveland's got their own situation at quarterback, where they got the Sean Watson who might not play. They got a quarterback who's there, but he's not gonna be there. There's no way in hell he plays or starts at any time. Um, what it came down to with with Pittsburgh is is I like I like Najee Harris. He had a hell of a fucking rookie season. Um, he was great. So I, I think he's a big piece. They keep him healthy. He did numbers for them last year. He was amazing. Um, the receiving core, I not too big of a fan of Deontay Johnson. I like him. Is he a number one? Hell no. Uh, Chase Claypool, I loved coming out of Notre Dame, and he's shown signs of being great, but not quite consistent yet. Is he a number one? I definitely not now. Could he be? Yeah, I think Chase Claypool right now is a great number two. They just don't have a number one. And then they bring in George Pickens into the mix, um, and he's coming off an injury. The, the draft pick they drafted out of Georgia, um, he comes in. And, and he's question marks with injuries. That's why he slipped to him. Um, but so really, they have some some guys. I pieces that receiver that I like. But I, I don't believe any of them's a number one. I think they have an, an issue of who's the guy. And hell, maybe George Pickens becomes a number one. Maybe he's the guy because to me, Deontay Johnson is a fucking top tier slot receiver. Chase Claypool is moving towards a top-tier number two. I don't believe he's a number one. And then past those three guys I just named, you've got Miles Boykin, Anthony Miller, just some guys that obviously they're not household names, and they're not guys that you're going to rely on and be like, oh, that's going to change the the wide receiver core. So that kind of scares me. You throw in an unproven quarterback, in a rookie quarterback, and a bunch of receivers that aren't uh, uh, no number one. And as far as the quarterback situation, Kevin Dotson, um, he spoke uh, just this just came out now um, an hour ago at the time of reading this, um, and he said the offense he's an offensive guard for the Steelers. He said, "quote They pretty much said it already that Mitch is going to be the number one. We're going to so." We have to assume, going into it, that they're treating Mitch Trubisky as number one and Kenny Pickett as the backup. So what that tells me is they're going to let Mitch Trubisky go and attempt this thing and see what he can do. And if he does great, then they get more than what they expected. And they roll with him and let Kenny Pickett sit and learn. If it doesn't work, at some point they'll probably yank yank him out, and they'll throw Kenny Pickett under the fire. And they're probably going to want to do that. They're probably not going to want to do it early. You know, I don't think any team, especially with the the, the, the stock in these quarterbacks this year, no one was really too high on these quarterbacks. That's why you only seen Kenny Pickett go in the first round. 
Um, it wasn't a superstar class of quarterbacks, but that doesn't mean anything. Uh, that, that literally means nothing because Tom Brady, we all know that story. So, And there's other guys. You know, Dak was a fourth rounder. You know, not everybody that's a first-round pick. Hell, look at Trevor Lawrence. You know, you could say what you want. Uh, yeah, he was in Jacksonville. They're not good. Yeah, I watched a couple of those games, and I watched Trevor Lawrence, and that dude half the time couldn't hit the fucking... He could barely keep it in the stadium when he's trying to throw it to somebody. I mean, that dude was... He was missing a lot of throws. So, just because you're a big-name guy doesn't mean you're going to do big things. Hell, Mitch Trubisky was a number two pick. So, I don't, I don't, I don't value that too much. It's just... We have to really see. Uh, you would like to let these guys sit back. I can only imagine what it's like. It's not everybody can just come in and be like, "I got the offense." Especially the way the quarterback situations are um, from college to how they run things. You know, it's not in college. These guys don't have the headsets. They're not in the ear like they do in the NFL. So the whole time they're growing up and they're doing signals. You know, they used to have the signs and the boards and have wacky pictures of, of goofy stuff, and that's how they would know a play. Well, you know, they're doing signals and stuff. That's how these guys do it in college. They don't have them in their ear. Hey, this is the play. Whiskey 245 slant XZ post. You know, they're not calling shit like that in the college. So they get to the NFL, so I'm assuming it's got to be fucking overwhelming for some guys. Some guys can handle it faster than others. It's it's a it's a case by case thing. Not everybody's the same. No one, no human being is the same. So not everybody can process the same information. So when 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 people jump on guys like, oh, he fucking sucks, man. He's supposed to be the guy. He's supposed to be great. Well, some guys process information differently. Some guys can click and get it, and they got it, and they're fucking hit the ground running. And some guys they need a year or two to be like, man, I I really need to fucking learn this shit. It's a lot. It's overwhelming. A new situation. I've never been in the city. I I don't know shit. And some people just have to take more time to process things. So we're going to see how that goes. I think it's good that Kenny Pickett's not going to be starving. I think it's great for a team to not just throw a guy in the fire like that unless they know damn sure he's got the shit. So we'll see how that unfolds. That's why I have them at four because I just I don't know what the with that situ- that situation alone. And that, that that's, that's I only got down to receiver. So with their quarterback and receivers, they, they, they that scares me. Um the, their offensive line is, is somewhat a work in progress. You know, right guard James Daniels, he's been bouncing around. He's not a, a stable guy. I, I, their offensive line is, is going to be, I think, it still needs some improvement. Um, defensively, I think, I, I love what they're doing defensively. You know, the Steelers, they, they pride themselves on defense. Always have. You go back to the, the steel curtain days. I mean, you go back... All the way back, fucking way back in the day, 70s, 80s. These, these guys have been doing this shit. Um, they know what they're doing on defense. Steven Tewitt, their defensive line's great. I love Devin Bush. Uh, Cam, Cam Hayward still still doing it on the defensive line. I mean, their defensive ends are a little bit older, but they've proven guys. Um, I love the signing of Miles Jack. Uh, they got guys to help T.J. Watt out. T.J. Watt's a fucking animal. Um uh, they do have a problem at corner. You know, they brought in Levi Wallace. I love that move. Levi Wallace is a great, great cornerback. Is he a number one yet? Uh, I don't know. He was a gr- he was a great piece in Buffalo, but he wasn't the man. You know, so we'll see. Other than other than that, I they got uh, Akilah Willerspoon, who's he's starting to make some some splashes. He's been there now for a few years. He's kind of getting it down. Uh, they're just the depth. You look at the depth of the of the Steelers' corners, and you're like, ugh, not loving it. 
So they got a weakness there, um, but with their but they do have tremendous safeties. They got a Terrell Edmonds. Uh, I love him. I think he's great. Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's great at free safety. So their safeties are strong. They signed Demonte KZ uh, as their backup. I think that's that's a underrated little move. He's he's a guy that can fly around and, and he's a great like center fielder guy. When he was with Atlanta, he was starting for the Falcons. I think he he was a great piece. So they've got pieces. I just they do have a weakness at corner. Um, but really the, the defense is solid. It's it's the offense that's just scary. I, I, that's what limits them. I, I think. Um, then coming in at three, no shock here. I don't think it, it's Cleveland. Uh, you could say they're going to be four. It really it depends on how well they the the Steelers go, but also you don't know what Deshaun Watson's going to do. The NFL to me, I think there's not a chance in hell he doesn't get some kind of suspension. Uh, the whole Baker Mayfield shit's got to that's got to find an end. What did that What does that do? I mean, they played their hand. They're not going to get anything out of him as far as the return value. The value's d- diminished. They've they've labeled they put the stink on that whole situation and and nobody in the league is gonna fucking be uh, the butt of the joke for Cleveland by by overpaying for Baker when they know they have to get rid of him so they they've shot themselves in the foot with that relationship uh, Deshaun Watson we don't know when he plays obviously he's great but you know he also hasn't played in a while so. Oh, what are you gonna get from him when he does show up? Which great players usually tend to just get right back into it. But that again, we don't know how long he's gonna be suspended. I think if you just look at it as a PR move for the NFL, I don't think they're not gonna allow him to just come back and not have some kind of suspension, even if they, even if Deshaun Watson has proven nothing happened, like it's just all done. Uh, still, I just don't. They're not going to just let him go. That uh, he's going to at least get some kind of suspension. It could be a whole season, and then if that's the case, he did, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play all year, and Baker Mayfield's obviously not going to be the guy, they're left with Jacoby Brissett and Joshua Dobbs. That's scary. Um, they're not going to get very far. That I would think they would probably be last in that situation. Uh, they got great running backs with Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. They're, they're really wasting the talent they have by the stupid the shit that they're pulling off. Uh, I they went out and you know they, they failed OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Now they're gone. So bring in Amari Cooper and company. <laughs> Amari Cooper is going to have to be the guy. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones has has been uh, surprising. You know he I, I liked him out of Michigan coming out. Um, I think he's done more than what I thought he was going to be. So I, I think he's proven himself. They drafted a guy in David Bell uh, in the third round who could maybe be something. And then other than that, they've just got some run-of-the-mill guys who are not ones or twos. Uh, so maybe someone can develop out of that, that receiving core. So the receiving core is iffy. It's top-heavy for sure. They you know they make the big splash. Hey, we got Amari Cooper. Yeah, but you also now have nobody else, and you don't know who's throwing him the fucking ball. So it doesn't matter. Uh, so that that brings uh, David and Joe, who's gonna have to step up. And what's what's good about that? It, at one point, uh, Cleveland had a, a a ton of great fucking tight ends, and they failed with Austin Hooper. I'm so glad that they fucking overpaid for him, and Atlanta didn't. Um, but 
you know, David Njoku, who's young. Harrison Bryant is is a, is a guy that, uh, you know, young. They have great young tight ends. You know, last year he had he had 21 catches for 233 yards, three touchdowns. That production, they still could have a decent one-two combo at tight end. So maybe that makes up for uh, their lack of production that they might not be getting in wide receiver. So it's not all is lost. It's just who the hell's going to be throwing the ball. Coming back to that. Great offensive line. Um, I love their offensive line. You got uh, Jedrick Wills they drafted uh, not a couple of years back. Joel Batonio is still there. Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin. They have great pieces at, at um, on their offensive line, so I don't think that's an issue. And defensively, I love a lot of their pieces on defense. As a as a whole, Cleveland is is a has a potential to be a great team, even if they had kept Baker Mayfield. They were they were a solid team. You got to understand Baker Mayfield last year had a torn labrum in his non-throwing store that he just muscled through. Um, so how 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 much you know we we get on these guys when we we call these guys pussies and and you know all this shit when they don't want to fight through a, an injury and they don't want to play through an injury and they they sit out. But then we can't also in the same sense shit on them for playing through an injury and they're not good. Well, hello, his shoulder, he has a torn labrum in his non-throwing arm. So we can't dog him because he's playing through an injury and trying to, to do great things. I respect that a lot more. Uh, so you can't have your cake and eat it too. So the the whole Baker Mayfield situation kind of rubbed me the wrong way. They did him pretty dirty. They're continuing to do him dirty. And Cleveland as an organization is just really fucking screwing him over. <clears throat> but he'll bounce back, and you've seen what Joe Burrow said on the Full Send podcast. Um, he thinks he can he can bounce back, and I think he, I think he can too. You know, they're linking him to like uh, the two teams were the Seattle and Carolina, uh, which uh, don't come to don't come to NFC NFC South. I think Baker's great. I don't want to see him in Carolina. So, but anyways, uh, like I was saying, the defensive pieces that the, the Browns have is, I mean. They're taking great. You know, Denzel Ward, they just did they just signed him. He's paid. Uh Greedy Williams, who I thought was gonna be I thought they were gonna have a lockdown corner situation, but he's still a, a solid guy. They have decent corners. Um they, they need to find some other guys other than Denzel Ward. They thought Greedy Williams was gonna be the guy Greg Newsom. Um right now they have him slated as the guy. Uh Young guy, so maybe you get something out of him. We don't know. They they have young they have young corners, um, all around. These guys still have plenty of time to develop. We're, you know, even Greedy Williams, he, he's only twenty four, but you know he's he's showing signs of what he could be. Uh, Grant Delpit at safety, solid piece there. Now he is he's coming off of uh, was the year before last. He had that injury. Um, he's great. I think. They they got these young pieces that they can really work off. Obviously, Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney just came back. He's coming back now on a one year deal. Uh, the linebacker they signed out of uh, they drafted out of Notre Dame a few years back. I thought it was great. Um, so they've got pieces on defense. Uh, again, they you know bringing in Chase Vinovich to to maybe help. Spark that uh, D line a little bit. Um, why they're third is because of how they're handling the quarterback situation. One, the Deshaun Watson thing they don't know, 
and the, the way they're doing the Baker Mayfield thing. I think I think they really fucked it up there, but so I got them at three. They could be four, depending how long Deshaun Watson's out. It all really depends on how Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson could come back pretty early, and they could fucking get, sneak in the playoffs. I really don't know. It's hard to determine this 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 thing, but the way things are looking, I I can't put them higher than the Ravens or Bengals, and I had a hard time putting them above the Steelers to be honest. <clears throat> That brings me to number two. I have Baltimore. I don't think it's a shock that um, the Bengals are number one. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's got to stay healthy. It's just that simple. They go as far as he goes. And Tyler Huntley did a pretty decent job coming in and filling in for him. But Lamar Jackson has to be the guy. He has to stay healthy. And that's just... uh, that's just it. That's simply what I mean. They go as far as him, and you know they made moves. They they made the trade at wide receiver. Uh, interesting. Um, it'll be interesting uh, to see what they do there. Uh, now they've got a lot of guys that are guys that I like. Um, you know, as of now, slated Rashad Bateman's their number one. And last year he had 46 catches front of 15 yards and one touchdown. That's your number one guy. That's not number one numbers. Obviously he's young. The thing about Baltimore is all the receivers are young. And, they, I mean, they are young. Devin DuVernay, uh, Rashad Bateman, James Prochet, who I like out of SMU. I think he's a sleeper guy. that He, he might be one of them guys that kind of surprises a lot of people. Um, Tyler Wallace, a lot of Ravens people are talking about him. Uh, coming up in the in the depth chart, so they got a lot of guys that are young, and if they're hungry, this is the time to prove. To they can prove it now. They, they can anybody is could be you know reps are probably just up in the air right now. Who who wants it more between Bateman, Duvernay, James Boucher, and Tyler Wallace? A who's going to be the number one? B who's going to be the number two? Who's going to be that slot guy? They, they, there's a lot of potential for these receivers, but we're gonna, we're going to see who we're going to see who who's who's the guy here. Uh, who who wants it? I think uh, you know Mark Andrews. He's great. Um, at tight end. They, they've got a lot of good pieces on offense. Um, a, a pretty solid uh, <clears throat> offensive line. They bring in Tyler Lindenbaum um, at center. I believe that's the guy they they drafted. Yes, they drafted Tyler Lindenbaum. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a good one. And the Ravens usually do a good job in the draft, so I, I like that move. They're they're helping that offensive line. Uh, they got Kevin Zeitler at right guard. They brought in uh, right right tackle Morgan Moses. Um, so I think they did some some good stuff there on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, defensively, they're like the Steelers. They're just they know what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. <clears throat> they draft. I love Kyle Hamilton. That you know, that's that's a big splash draft pick they had, and everyone talks about how they well they do on their draft picks. You know, they had Pratchett Queen not that long ago. They drafted. Um, he's great. Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. They got to stay healthy. For me, Marcus Peters. Their corners are really good, but uh, Marcus Peters has to be healthy. Can he stay on the field? If they if he can. They have a good, solid shutdown one-two tandem. They got a good, good depth at corner. Um, they also have some decent depth at safeties. They got Marcus. They brought in Marcus Williams. Um, 
D-line's good. Calais Campbell's back. They uh, re-brought back Michael Pierce. as nose tackle. He didn't work out in Minnesota. They bring him back. Uh, uh, they got Derek Wolf. I mean, they, they've got rotations. They've, they've got solid guys. Tyus Bowser, who I love, at their weak side linebacker. And behind him is Jalen Ferguson. And then behind him is the guy they drafted in David Ojobi, who's supposed to be a stud uh, coming out. Um, so they have depth. That defense, their defense is great. Uh, I think they're going to be really good. And if they stay healthy, they definitely can win the division. I see where they could win the division pretty handily. It's, for me, the health. How long is Lamar Jackson around? They do have questions at running back. Can J.K. Dobbins stay healthy? Um, they signed Mike Davis, which didn't work out in Atlanta. I don't see him doing much here either. Uh, they still got Gus Edwards. They just they got guys that are around and aren't doing so good uh, as far as you know with, with health, uh, uh, with injuries. So you got running back injuries. That it's that's just the story for these guys. How do they manage the the injuries? Can they stay healthy for me? Because I think they can take over it at <clears throat> the number one spot. So that leads us to Cincinnati. Obviously, they were in the Super Bowl last year. Um, Joe Cool took him, has the potential to take him again. They really they just got better. They retooled and it was like they're like people like to use that phrase, retooled. Um you know, Joe Burrow, I like to see him have some better protection. And they brought in Alex Kappa. I think that's big. That'll help them out. Um <clears throat> Ted Karras at center. I think that that was good, good move. They got they got pieces now. Um, Jonah Williams, Jackson Carmen. I think they they uh, got some good guys. They bring in Lyle, Lyle Collins at right tackle. He's he's going to be at the right tackle. So they've got some guys now. That offensive line should be uh, it's definitely improved. They did lose out on that tight end. Um, they lost they lost their tight end. Um, now his name's slipping from me. Uzama. Uzama went to the Jets. So, but they did. They, they filled him in with Hayden Hurst, who he is a guy coming from Atlanta. Watched him, so I, I, I can give you my my take on him here. He's a guy that really the numbers are never huge. And let's see. Let's let's look at the numbers. Right, last year he's. 26 catches, 221 yards, three touchdowns. You look at that and you go, yeah, that guy fucking sucks. No, 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 no. no don't get it twisted. He's not a guy that's that's just, he's not going to explode on the scene. He's just a consistent, grinder, hard-nosed guy. He, he makes all the catches. He has great hands. Um, he's not afraid to block. He's just one of them them guys. And then they got Drew Sample behind him. So they, they're, they're there. And Sample's been there for a few years now, um, and he's young, 26. So they they've got they've got guys there. I think their defense is um, is solid. Uh, they have a question mark, big time question mark, uh, with Jesse Bates. He's not willing to play on the franchise tag, so they, right now he might skip OTAs. The way it's going, um, they gotta ha- they gotta figure that situation out because he's. He's a guy on defense for him now. He's a stud. Um, 
But they got Sam Hubbard, Trey Henderson. He's expected to miss uh, uh, OTAs. Uh, they need to have him back. You know, he had 14 sacks for him, popped off, um, which is huge. They got, they got to have a production like that. Logan Wilson, I thought was great last year. Uh, he did a hell of a job, and he, if he keeps taking steps forward, he's going to be something special. You know, they got they got good stuff there. He's supposed to be coming back from the injury he sustained. Um, they've got decent pieces. By no means are they. They're probably the weakest team in their division for sure, easily on defense. Um, it corners a iffy one for me. You know, Eli Apple, everyone likes to you know, give this guy shit. But, um, he seems to, be, to make some of the questionable plays, but he's still young. This, this you got to understand, I, and I did not know this. This dude is 26 years old. He's been in the league for seven years, so he has been in the league since he was 19. So, and he's still, he's right now hitting his prime. So, I mean, take it for what, it, for what it's worth. I mean, that that guy, he, he could show out and prove to be something. Uh, I, I like Mike Hilton behind him. You know, they drafted Daxton, uh, Daxton Hill. That was one of their big draft picks. Uh, so, you know, they're trying to address the situation. They got Shadobe Awuzie. Um, You know, he was... Something in. Oh, he got from Dallas. What can he do? You know, Von Bell at strong safety. I mean, they, they've got pieces. It's not a complete, they're not a stacked defense by any means, but uh, I think they have a chance to do something. But yeah, there you have it, guys. That's my AFC North prediction. So just to recap, I got Bengals winning it. I got Ravens at, at two, uh, Browns three, and Steelers four. Um, and once we go through all these divisions, I'm going to give you my take on who how the playoffs are going to shape. I'm going to give my early, early predictions. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll progress down there, but just, just a heads up. And and I've come to terms. Next, next, we're going to next week do this. We're going to start with, mm, we're going to go to East, AFC East, NFC East. We'll take a look at that. So that's your Cowboys and them boys and the, the Eagles and all them and, you know, Patriots and, uh, Little new look Dolphins. What are they gonna be? Um, Jets. Can they figure anything out? Who knows? They're the. What are the? <laughs> who knows if they ever figure something out? Um, but yeah, so that that's what we're gonna go with. I think next. Now I told you guys I was gonna do a couple of stories, so I, I might I might start incorporating this at the end here. Um, we'll just just kind of go over some some headlines and some sports finds that I that I. That I can find, and uh, we'll just we'll just talk about them. So, uh, HBO and NFL pre- NFL Films is coming out. They just came out and said, uh, "Hard Knock, Hard Knocks, the series where they you know they cover the fall NFL teams in the off season. This year they're doing the Detroit Lions, but now they've just announced they are going to do the Detroit Lions, but they're also going to do the Arizona Cardinals in season. That." <laughs> That ought to be interesting. I don't know what made them, you know, I don't know if the whole decision for the Cardinals came about the, with Kyler Murray. You would almost want to see the Kyler, you'd almost want to see the Cardinals in uh, training camp, right? And follow the, follow the, that almost should be backwards. Like, I know they already said they were going to do the lines, 
But it's like you almost wonder, like, why wouldn't you do the Cardinals? Because the whole drama with Kyler Murray in training camp, and then do the Lions in season. Because I think the Lions are gonna, I think the Lions are gonna shock. I think they're gonna shock people. And I had them coming in third, right? I had them over the Bears. I think, I think they could do something, for sure. I like what I like. I like what they're doing. I like what this coach is doing. You know, a lot of people gave him shit when he took that job in his press conference, and he's talking about taking kneecaps off, and he's fucking. He's a character. That dude's something else. But um, I, I think you don't benefit from doing it that, that way. But I think it's going to be cool. It'll be interesting to see following a team in season. Um, during the 2022 season beginning in November is what they're saying. So, French has been spotlighted such a way, uh, which really, but it's not the first time. Yeah, okay. So, the, we'll see how, I, I, in season, whatever that means, we're going to find out. I think it'll, it'll be interesting. I just, I, I, I would have done it backwards, honestly. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, so another thing is uh, what I kind of hinted to early on so they're saying uh, with the Suns Monty coming out of the Phoenix they're saying Monty Williams uh, there's kind of a maybe a little bit of a riffle with him and DeAndre Ayton and wanting to pay him the max contract uh, he, he's going to demand a max contract and they're like, Monty Williams is like, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about this one. So, um, interesting that they're not willing to. And I kind of, I kind of understand where they're at with him because he is a little inconsistent. Um, and they, they say he had, they have a hard time focusing him on the game of, of basketball. So how do, how does that work out? Um, and now they're just saying, yeah, we're not wanting to really give him a max contract because we don't think he's all the way there. He's not buying in all the way. Yada, yada, yada. Well, excuse the fuck out of me. Do you have a choice? I mean, I get he can be inconsistent. He's also 23. He's super fucking talented. You just got to probably, you need to strike the right chord with him and, and just, you know, tell him... It, and just maybe sit down. I mean, has he not sat down and said, hey, what are your goals? Do you not want to be the the greatest center of all time? Do you not strive to do that? And maybe you need to understand where he's, what, what his intentions are. Because if, if you don't think he's going to want to be that guy, then okay, yeah, I understand. Maybe, maybe you don't. But who are you going to find? Who are you going to find? I, I, I would be skeptical too um, with the way he's played and – now that I'm kind of talking about this, I'm almost kind of changing my original stance because originally I was like, "You have to pay this guy," but I can kind of see where if he if he's not fully committed, but it is this something? If if Monty Williams is the coach that he says he is, he's the coach of the year. There should be no fucking problem that you don't pay this guy. Now I'm flipping back. I, I'm now back on my original stance. Now that I've worked through it, I've thought it out, I've, I've talked it out. There's no way you don't pay this guy, and if Monty Williams doesn't. You gotta just—you're the coach, the coach of the year. You—you're this great coach. You're leading this team to, to great, uh, you know, take them to the finals, and then you get to—well, you, you should have probably had a chance at another finals run, but you blew it. But um, if you are who you say you are, 
there's no reason that he doesn't get you don't just pay him and you you figure a way to get the most out of him because when you're not going to find another guy like this there's nobody that you're going to sign there's nobody that you're going to you're going to get right now that who are you going to replace him with you know they had JaVale McGee and Ben McBiombo they were great at, at times but you you're not finding a DeAndre Ayton at 23 as talented as he is you're just not going to replace that guy. No, I'm sorry. You're not. There's not going to be two guys out there that you're going to replace. So I, I, I flirt with danger with that one. And who knows what, how much this, what they're looking into here, how much if he did this, is them trying to light a spark under his fucking ass and say, hey, we, we're not going to fucking pay you. We don't think you deserve it. Maybe focus in a little bit more. And, and does that work or does that make him go, okay, cool. I'll go play somewhere else. Someone else values me for what I am and what they see me as. And that's where I was thinking maybe is there a way that Dallas can maybe lure him away from Phoenix? You, know, you pair him, uh, you pair Aiton with Doncic, I think that works. That would work good because Aiton doesn't necessarily need to be dominant. You know, he doesn't have to. I don't think he has to be one of them guys. He's not a big that needs to have the ball like a Joel Embiid. You give Joel Embiid the ball every time, he has to have the touch every time he's down the half court. I think the Aiton can be a guy that, not that he shies away from the spotlight, but he can be the guy where he, he has no problem being the second fiddle to um, Luka, and I think it takes a little bit of pressure off him. Whereas in Phoenix, you know, they're looking at Devin Booker and and DeAndre Aiton were the two guys that you had to have day in and day out. That he They had to be the guys, and Chris Ball was like the third little fiddle. I think if you have Jalen Brunson and... You know, if you keep Dinwiddie, you know, however they would work it out. I think if he's not your center main guy and you don't put so much pressure on him, I think he can be a guy. He seems to me like a guy that doesn't want to be the – he doesn't want to have all the spotlight on him. He wants to be a guy that he will dominate in his own way. Just let him play his style of, of basketball, and, and he'll take care of the rest for you. But you got to be he, – he's, he's not one of them guys where you gotta, you're going to fucking ride him and, and – and I, don't, I just don't know if the relationship is—is eh, is there something there? Is that relationship fractured? And does he just maybe like, uh, you know, maybe he's maybe he was annoyed that they didn't pay him before the season. He maybe I think he 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 wanted to get paid before this upcoming season, and that might have rubbed him the wrong way, and it might have fucking fractured a relationship. And I don't know, maybe they don't get a deal done, and now this is coming out, and, and I don't know. Does that mean maybe they had conversations where like, hey, after the season, he was like. He just felt disrespected. Who knows? You know, we don't know. Um, but with this coming out, they're saying Monty Williams has he's they're just they're not willing to pay him um, max offers. That's interesting. Uh, I just don't see who they're going to replace him with. I don't know if they have a choice. So, um, I, I I almost think he'd be a good fit in Dallas, but that's that's something they need in Dallas, like I was talking about, but. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, so tonight, uh, game four of this thrilling Western Conference Finals, 3-0 series. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there, and, uh, and I'll be back with you guys, and we'll, we'll chop it up and figure this shit out and keep it moving. Don't forget, um, I think tomorrow, uh, uh, next episode, rather, is going to be top five uh, receivers. 
Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, no, 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 next episode, top five receivers for sure. Mark it down. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bring it to you guys. Top five receivers. That We're going to continue that series. Next episode, I'll give you my top five. Uh, that's going to be brutal. So I, I, I got to do some work here. I got to look. I really got to look, and, and, and I'm going to be crossing off list, uh, names off this list and putting them and moving them. And it's it's going to be – it's going to hurt my brain a little bit. So wish me luck, but uh, I, I can't wait to – Tell you guys my top five. Well, then you guys kind of will see. You know, reach out to me, and then we'll see if you agree. I, I want to see. I want to know your guys' top five. I, I want to know who you guys think. So reach out to me. Let me know what y'all think. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful fucking rest of your day. And if you listen to this point, I love you so fucking much. You are fucking amazing. And if with that being said, um, you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Uh, peace. Till next time.